to From the Press Box, the Holland Sports Staff's weekly podcast where we talk anything and everything sports. I'm sports editor Dan Diodonna, alongside assistant sports editor Bo Troutman. We are still coming at you remotely from the safety and comfort of our own homes, but we've got lots of things to talk about. We haven't had a podcast in a couple of weeks because of furloughs and vacations and things like that, and thankfully it came at a time where there wasn't much action on the field, but Bo, there's been quite a bit of action off the field. Yeah. Um, a lot of things going on in our country and involving sports. Baseball looks like it's back. Uh, the other sports are starting to have a plan. But the, obviously the big development in our country and uh, and in sports is what's going on with racial tensions in our country. And uh, we've got the, I guess, re-rise of the Black Lives Matter movement. I don't think it went anywhere. It definitely didn't go anywhere. But the the awareness of that movement again is uh, is at the forefront of you know of news in our country right now, and uh, it's just interesting to see how much sports are involved in that. I mean, this is a sports podcast, so obviously we're going to talk a little bit about what's happened in our country, but you know, kind of give it the sports scope. But Bo, I mean, just what what is what are your what have your just initial impressions been since? I mean, obviously. Um, we had the, the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis uh, that was on video for everyone to see uh, and was incredibly disturbing. And uh, it's reignited this uh, this movement, this uh, Black Lives Matter movement, and just the fight for you know racial equality in all walks of life. Um, I, what, what, how do you think about what what is not what has happened? I know what you think about what what happened. Yeah. To kick this off, it's awful. Uh, but but as far as the response, what are, what are your impressions of how the response has been? Mm-hmm. So um, I so to preface this, like when the Grand Rapids protest happened, you know, when all the looting and all the you know the destruction, the property and stuff happened downtown, I was coincidentally. 10 minutes away from all that at my sister's apartment and like the whole day like we're all just hanging out you know this has been planned for a while and we'd heard like explosions and we're like what is that you know and, like my dad was like oh fireworks or something like no dude that's not what no way so then finally you know we find out what's going on just 10 minutes away from us um you know with small businesses to basically getting like destroyed and like all this stuff and like tear and the explosions we had heard were like tear gas bombs i guess so pretty wild and uh, that really kind of brought it more close to home because obviously um you know with all the national protests and stuff going on it's like you know having that happen in grand rapids michigan you know where because west michigan's pretty quiet most of the time um right that was pretty wild and uh you know honestly my my opinions changed on some of the things about this you know at first it's like i was kind of with the common thought of like you know okay listen you know protests and everything and like but you know don't don't destroy the mom and pop store down the street. It's like, what, what are you doing that for? What does that accomplish? And, you know, and I think a lot of people are getting in, like, the limelight. Like, I remember this one specific video that was on the news from Grand Rapids of this guy, like, throwing a rock at a window and then, like, doing, like, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, you know, bicep pose. Like, you know, look at me, you know, and, like, and, you know, I got no sympathy for those, but I hope they all get prosecuted. But, like, this one Reddit post really kind of made me think more about it. And I'm not saying I agree with it. I just think, like, you know, my family actually kind of discussed this the other day, but um, the Reddit post I saw was, like, it was, like, this one, this uh, African-American woman, um, I believe it was an African-American woman, carrying, like, this sign. And it said, like, you know, uh, if, if your son or your daughter was killed, you know, wrongfully or something, you know, blah, 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 then you would burn the city down, too. And I was starting to think about that. And it's like, well, let, you know, let's, let's take a minute here. And it's like, 
Yeah. Let's say, like, my, you know, I have two sisters. Let's say if one of them was killed wrongfully by a cop or something, you know, just because of something, something ridiculous, like Breonna Taylor, you know, she's, you know, they go to the wrong house, you know, just horrible, a really horrible thing. And, you know, you can, like, you can say it's horrible, but honestly, I don't think anyone really knows what that's like unless you've gone through it. <laughs> and that's right. Not, for sure. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, I'd be, I guess, yeah, you know, there, there is almost like this thing that's like, look, you know, we can peaceful protest all we want and i think about like all the stuff in our country's history with malcolm x and everything and like you know i don't know where i stand with it honestly dan i I don't know because i've never gone through that life experience right yeah and it's i mean everything's a gray area and i think that that's okay that it's a gray area i think part of the problem i had with the the looting part of that's most of the people in grand rapids that got caught looting the same as in minneapolis were people who are not from there which means that's people that just came in to raise a ruckus. Yeah. And I think that also, that has, that took away from the power of the peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. Grand Rapids' protest was peaceful all day. Uh, our old sports editor, uh, sports assistant editor, Chris Zadarosny, he was there. He was a part of the peaceful protest. Oh, wow. The whole day. They left, you know, when that peaceful protest concluded. And then the looting started afterward. And the, and then he was so stunned because that's not how it was. Uh, and it's just you know it's just it, it's it's the ever big struggle of what's enough to get heard, but what's too much, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's what's where we struggle. But I'm like uh, George Floyd's family, you know, has has you know stood up against the violence and the and the things going on and said, hey, you know, he wouldn't want this, you know. And I think that 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 is a big factor. You know, in thinking about stuff like this, but at the same time, I, I understand the point that if you don't, if you don't push enough, you don't get heard. But if you push too far, then you're Colin Kaepernick. You know, basically, you know, yeah. then you're, you know, in a whole different realm. You're, you're exiled, and uh, and it's just, it, it's, it's so horrible that it comes down to that, really. Um, but I think the the part about this that's interesting, not interesting. I mean, it's all interesting, but like, the, I think the George Floyd thing, we saw it. We physically saw that happen. We saw him die, yeah. which is to me still insane. Yeah, that that was that that happened, and that even if the police officer, I mean, he has a history with this guy, and even if he was out to hurt him or something like that, just the audacity and the stupidity of knowing you're on camera and still letting this go on yeah. is beyond is beyond me. And not to mention just the ill intention in general. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's like. There's so many layers of just absolute wrongness of that whole thing. And I think that finally woke people up because they had to see it. It was on the news. Even if you didn't, even if you only saw a still shot of it, if you didn't want to watch the video or something like that, you still see a knee in the neck. It's impossible to avoid. And I think, unfortunately, it took that for the proper action to, to, to happen. I mean, we had the, uh, you know, we've had so many of these situations, unfortunately, over the last, you know, well, the last hundreds of years, obviously. But even the last, you know, 10 years with, uh, you know, when and we've ended up with riots in Missouri and, you know, other places when, you know, uh, black people were killed by the police and wrongfully, most of them, uh, most of them from the riots. Uh, it's just... It's just a mess, and it has been. But I, I am, uh, I am guilty in the fact that I thought that when Kaepernick started taking a knee four years ago, I thought 
that, and he thought, but I also thought that was going to start the discussions that are happening now, and it did not happen when he did. It turned completely into a, you know, we're doing this to, you know, to protest the treatment of blacks in this country, particularly by police, and the counter-argument had nothing to do with that. It was, a, you're disrespecting the flag in the military, mm-hmm. which immediately took completely away from the protest because it did not the it did not address the issue the the knee became the issue not what the knee was standing for became the issue and it put us back i mean that we're four years later and people are finally getting it i mean we, we had the whole drew Brees situation where he said that you know i'm not gonna agree with disrespecting the flag in the military and you had his teammates on sports center in tears talking about how much that hurt because he's not listening it's not about that and i have family members and they all have said, you know, we fight for the flag to, so people can have the right to protest. You know, whether you agree with it or not, it's their right. You know, and it was and, he, and it was Kaepernick did this out of very good intentions. It's not like he did this to say, you know what, I can't stand the flag. I'm moving to another country. I'm not going to stand up for the anthem. He said, let me do something in the spotlight, which ended up sacrificing his whole career and everything for the scrutiny he took to try to get the conversations going and it didn't work because people weren't listening now people are listening and i think that is huge but it shows how much sports at times are way ahead of their time you know in in the you know early 1900s people in the united states most white people in the united states didn't think uh black businesses could go on go beyond their own black neighborhoods and in 1920 they started the root foster started the negro leagues in baseball and they, they had a national league of baseball, and it proved that businesses can be bigger in black America. And then we come back from the war, and you get Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, Bo. Uh, you're the only one here, physically here, so I'm using your name. <laughs> but he broke the color barrier 21 years before Martin Luther King was killed. That's a long time. Yeah. That is a long time that... He, you know, that sports was ahead of our country for a bit. Um, and it wasn't just because it was ahead because of Jackie Robinson. By the end of that year, there were three other black players in the major leagues, in the American League. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, more and more every year. And sports led that. And you have that even back, I mean, Jesse Owens <laughs> did it in Hitler's face in the 36 Olympics. Yeah. And that's incredible how far ahead that was. And when you think about Joe Lewis and what he did as a boxer, the best boxer in the world. And even before that, at the turn of the century, Jack Johnson was the best boxer and arguably the best athlete in the world. And he was black. And this is so, so far ahead, but sports has helped lead that. Even Muhammad Ali, can you imagine how exiled, I mean, he even was exiled. He was in prison for not wanting to go to Vietnam and he had all this stuff going on and all this stuff weighing him down. If he wasn't an athlete, it would have brought him down. But he was able to get out there Use the platform he has, become the best in the world, but also speak out. And that's what Kaepernick was trying to do. And it's it's just amazing that it took four years for people to start listening. It's just everyone got angry about it for their own reasons. And even if, even if you don't agree with it, listen to why they're doing it. I'm pretty sure that most reasonable people can agree, even if they don't agree with the kneeling for the anthem, they understand that what they're kneeling for is a real problem in our country. Mm-hmm. And to me, there, no, people, not enough people are showing that, that they still understand that. If they don't agree, they're just upset about disgracing the flag or whatever like that. The flag's all of us, Bo. It's not just the military. The military carries the 
driver. Their, their drivers all rallied together. The commissioner made a powerful statement about it. And the next thing Bubba Wallace said is, you know, the next step would be banning Confederate flags at races because that's, you know, that's obviously a symbol of uh, slavery. People think it's a civil, some people think it's just a symbol of state rights or freedom of speech or whatever. But you will not find a minority or any, you know, or a lot of other uh, just regular thinking folk that don't take offense to that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, and so, but then, but NAFTAR did it immediately. Mm-hmm. Immediately. They're like, yes, this, we agree. And, you know, and it, and, and it pissed off a lot of people, but mm-hmm. it had to be done. It had to be done. Yeah. And that means that there will be a generation of young racing fans that come up not seeing that at a race. They might see it somewhere else, but they won't associate the Confederate flag with NASCAR. And I think that's been one of the biggest hindrances of NASCAR over the years is that people in, I mean, this is a gross generalization, but people in the North and people that aren't, weren't into racing, they just considered it and brushed that off as a redneck sport. Confederate flags are everywhere. It's a bunch of hicks driving, which is completely false, but that's what the flag does and that's what it seems like. And now, it's, this is going to be a whole generation that just sees drivers for drivers, just mm-hmm. sees the sport for the sport. And to me, that's going to be incredible. So, um, but, but, Bo, I mean, four years to now, I mean, is it, I, our, our culture really hasn't changed that much. It, but it kind of took a disturbing video. I mean, what do you what, what do you think about you know the Kaepernick situation and how he how he started this and what I mean was there were there things that could have been done? I mean, I know LeBron James and Steph Curry and a lot of NBA players spoke out right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it just it never seemed to get the momentum that it has now. Yeah. Well, I think now me I'm kind of like and don't take this through, I, I want to explain myself but I'm kind of anti Kaepernick in a way now what I think he started is important I think it was good and it, it started a good message you know um, equality and all that stuff now him specifically and the whole pity party associated with him you know it's like people well you know because there's a whole thing about wanting to sign him and I know this is kind of off top like like it's on topic but kind of like branching off to another part of it but like the thing is I don't think he's very good <laughs> like. First of all, he's gotten older. Second of all, I think it was very clear that he was just a guy who was in the right place at the right time with Harbaugh and that that pistol offense they ran. And I think that that kind of petered out. And then he's you know he's making a bunch of money off you know like his contract for past contracts and stuff. And like so, I never would blame a team for like for example like the Raiders. Like that's my favorite team. Like I would never want them to sign them or to sign Kaepernick just as a show of solidarity. Right. It has nothing to do with his his activism it has to do with the fact that he's not he, he's not a very good things. not a very good quarterback exactly right and, right. and listen, like, there's the story going in our paper that'll be in tomorrow's paper about, um, you know, the new uh, Shula Hamp, um, you know, saying, hey, you know, if the coaches want to sign Kaepernick, go ahead. But it's like, for me, my team, it's like, well, look, unless, you know, Harbaugh's the coach, we're, run, we're running the pistol and we have the best offensive line in football. Uh, Which the Lions definitely don't have. No, yeah. <laughs> It's totally yeah. like, and there's a, there's myriad other things you can do to show right. your support than sign, you know, for Kaepernick. Sure. But it was know. still was a, it was still was a, an important statement for a new owner yes. just to say that though. Yeah. And I think that that showed that she was being sympathetic to what's happening. Yes. Yes. As a whole, but I agree. The the thing about Kaepernick's thing, and I mean, there's so many la- there are so many layers to it. I agree with you. I don't think he was that great of a quarterback per se. I mean, he's still an NFL level quarterback, which yeah. is way better than a quarterback than I'll ever be. Mm-hmm. But but he, when you think about Jackie Robinson 
Jesse Owens and Muhammad Ali and um, uh, John Carlos and Tommy Smith at the 16 Olympics with their arms race. They they were all the best, and that got them hurt. I think enough. I think enough people four years ago dismissed it because it was Kaepernick, mm-hmm. not LeBron, yeah, or something like that. What and I don't think that's fair, but I, I but I get that that could have happened because you know there was enough. There were, you know, I'm sure a lot of people that were not super big football fans were like, oh, who is this guy? Like, I don't yeah. even know him. You know, yeah. like, not that, you know, again, at the time he was, he was a good NFL player. But I think that, I think that maybe four years ago what needed to happen, now I know LeBron and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and a lot of NBA players spoke out mm-hmm. about things right away too. But I feel like you didn't have the same support from the NFL stars instantly. Yeah. If the support came from the rest of the NFL stars instantly, I think it would have been a different situation. Because now what you have four years later, and again, it's, uh, to me it's almost, uh, in a lot of ways, four years wasted. If the, if this worked four years ago, would, would, would the George Floyd thing have even happened? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? But maybe we'd be moving in the right direction. And I, again, I'm also guilty of the fact that I thought ha- having a, a black president was going to help move us in the right direction, and it did help us move in the right direction. But I kind of, I kind of feel like a lot of Americans felt like when we had Obama, especially when he made it the second term, that like, okay, we made it. You know what I mean? Like it almost yeah. felt like this is this, the beginning of the end. Now we're, we're re- we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Total. And then it was such a um, such a misconception by us, by everyone. You know, I think that that uh, it just showed that you know you take you know you take your foot off the gas just for a second as far as in the drive to equality, and and we've we've shown you relax for a second and you can see how much it's backlashed mm-hmm. and how much we've taken a step back in four or five years, mm-hmm. and a lot of there's a million factors that go into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's just so, I look back now, I, I was like, wow, I can't believe I thought we made it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How could I think? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it sounds so, um, it sounds so, so simple and so difficult at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but I think that for me personally, I think that's what hurt the whole Kaepernick situation is that the second, you know, within that first week that he did it, that he took a knee, that you didn't have the superstars running to his side. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that's because people were worried, you know, yeah. and you had, you know, people, you know, you had NFL owners and the commissioner coming down. But now the commissioner is on the side of it. Mm-hmm. And Drew Brees has, has, has changed his tune. And it's it's people that are starting to listen. And I think that that's very important, despite what other leaders in the country say or give Goodell or Brees a hard time for flip flopping or perceived flip flopping. whatever. No, they're just learning. They're learning, and Goodell better get on board of this because this movement is way bigger now. Mm-hmm. And if he's not on board of this movement, especially when there's COVID, it could crush football because, let's face it, there are more black players in the NFL than not. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. if everybody, and I'm not saying it's just, a, just there's plenty of white players and other ethnicities that are just as pissed. So if they can show unity, and I think that Goodell realizes that. I'm not saying he's only changing his thinking because he's worried about that. I think, like everybody, he kind of thought we were good. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has been a rude awakening for people, but it hasn't been a rude awakening at the same time. And that also has changed it because different people are realizing things at different times, and that's natural. Um, and I think we're finally back to a 
collective equilibrium on this now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I let's I mean let's let's flash forward now. But what what needs? I mean, I know we got a whole bunch of COVID stuff with sports we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. But in your opinion, as far as the relationship with sports and being the leaders of, you know, fighting for racial equality. And that's been the history since, I mean, just now we've talked about it since, I mean, Jack Johnson was the heavyweight champ in the 1890s. So we're talking all the way back then where sports has been able to lead at times. That doesn't mean it's always been ahead, mm-hmm. um, but it's had huge key moments to lead us in the right direction. What in sports specifically, Bo, what needs to happen next? Uh, oh boy. <laughs> uh, or what things yeah. need to happen, you know, it, uh-huh. it can be more general, but what needs uh-huh. to happen next? Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think that, like NASCAR. It's okay not to know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, know either. I think, I think it'd be good, you know, like, on the record, I think, you know, one thing I always go back to, I think I told you this before, but, uh, Pete Wellner at Live. Uh, once told me that if someone's not yelling at you, you're probably doing a bad job. And, like, I, I really like that because I think that more organizations should, like, follow, not even just limited to sports, but, like, you know, just major, any major corporation or any major business, um, you know, NASCAR banning the, the flag thing and all that, I think that if, you know, sports really took more of a stance and, like, hey, look, you know, if you just, you know, creating rules, like, you know, as far as, like, race, you know, I know baseball has some issues, especially, like, the Boston area, you know, with, you know, racism and, like, the stands and stuff. You know, if, if they started to really come out with some really hard line, like, hey, look, you know, if you're caught uh, doing these types of things, you're out. Or, you know, there's some really, like, harsh, like, kind of punishments, you know. The punishment should affect the crime. You know, a hate crime, it's as simple as just looking at someone that's different than you and saying something negative. To me, that, that's just, that's bad. I mean, you know, as someone, and I, you know, I've kind of talked to my family about this, you know, I have a slight disability. I mean, you kind of have to, like, know me to know it. But, like, you know, I've been picked on before and stuff, and I can't imagine, though, to be picked on for something like your skin color. Who you? That's who you are as a human being, and it's like to be picked on for that. That's horrible. So yeah, I think that you know, I think that sports leagues should really come out and be like, hey, look, you know, here's what we're gonna do. We're here's the rules, man. If you're caught doing anything like this, you're done. It's like you're banned, whatever. And I think that they should really not be afraid to stand up to this kind of stuff, especially like organizations like the MLB, where you know, yeah, it's like with their history of Jackie Robinson that's so huge. It's like you know, with all the stuff that happened in Boston with I forget which player it was in the outfield. Um, you know, all that stuff that happened happened a couple years ago it's like I, I think we just need more leadership you know because i think that um yeah it, it, this this stuff just needs to end you know it, it just shocks me that today you know 20 2020 it's like we're still dealing with this it's like are you kidding me man it's like it's a skin color dude we're all people it's like come, right. come on you know like let's move past this already you know right. so you know so to answer your question really I don't know, but like I think the sports league should never be afraid to back down. I think they should really step up to the plate. Yeah, I think that each major sports and just like you were saying, every major business, they should all be saying saying something publicly if they haven't already. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of major organizations need to hire uh, like a diversity coordinator or consultant Mm -hmm. um, to just make sure that that because even if you know. It just involves, you know, educating the players and talking to the players about stuff. It may be stuff they already know, but if 499 major league players know everything in that packet, but and one doesn't, it's a victory mm-hmm. to have that. And I think that those are things that I mean they're talking about. I'm not going to get into the whole mess that people are talking about with the police and trying to defund or change around that. But a lot of municipalities are are talking about, you know, hiring 
a specific officer or a specific official that is a you know an expert in civil rights or diversity and i think that that uh i think that a lot of major businesses and organizations should uh should think about something like that because i think that'll keep the conversation going uh and i think that like i said even if even if players end up hearing the same thing over and over, just like we do, we and a lot of businesses do when we're watching our, you know, our ethics and harassment training videos, you know, and stuff like that, which yeah. seem it seems so, uh, it seems so obvious, <laughs> you know, and it seems, you know what I mean, and uh, but but if there's one person in our company that all that stuff didn't seem obvious to, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the same, uh, you know, the same thing that needs to be needs to be done here. But then I think the athletes need to keep. I mean, we're talking about sports specifically. I think the athletes need to keep the conversations going. And I think, uh, and, and I'm not saying just black athletes need to keep these conversations going. Everybody needs to keep these conversations going. Everybody should have a, a real conversation with their family about what's happening. Tell their kids what's happening. Uh, and you know, you might you know, PG the rating of it with your kids a little bit, but still talk about it. Mm-hmm. Talk about how people are treated differently and treated badly because of the color of their skin or other factors or whatever. And then they know. I mean, I was listening to uh, a podcast with some Olympic swimmers the other day, and one of the Olympians said she and her parents never had that conversation growing up. They didn't think any less of anyone, and they treated everyone equally, but they never had the conversation about, uh, you know, what has happened. I mean, outside of learning it in history class or whatever, you know, you just, but I feel like that's too late. You need to have these conversations with kids when they're younger, so they're aware as they're in school with people that look different from themselves. And just knowing that, I mean, that, that puts a different mindset on kids growing up. And then, you know, the kids will hopefully see that from a different point of view. As a kid, they'll be able to pick out things that are, that are happening to people who are that's That's the major part of where it needs to happen in this country. But uh, athletes cannot just say, hey, we've talked about it. It's over now. You know, we, we know we're moving in the right direction and whatever. Because like I said, that's what happened. I think that's what happened when we had Obama is that we, you know, we thought, you know, racially and equality wise and diversity wise, we were, we, we made it. How can we get any better than having a black president? You know what I mean? And I think that that, uh, that definitely caused us all to, uh, to ease up a little bit, even if it was subconsciously. And, uh, I think we need to make sure that we're not doing that. It's not just athletes. Everybody needs to be having these conversations, uh, with people and, you know, asking what you can do to help and looking into um, organizations that deal with diversity and, uh, you know, and promoting education in that way. And it seems so simple to say, have a conversation and get educated about it. But it's not, it ends up not being that simple because a lot of people just think, oh, I'm not treating anybody differently, so I'm good. And that might be the case. But I, I think any, this, our country has proven we're not good. You know, we're not there. So we need to always strive to be better. Uh, to be more educated and to to be listening, to be listening. That's been the biggest thing, Bo. I mean, especially with the Drew Brees thing and Goodell and everything, it's just showing that you're actually listening to who's talking and who has to some of the issues. It doesn't matter what your take on the issue is if you're not listening to other people's take on the issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I mean, it seems so simple, but you can only listen if you're having the conversations also. Yeah. you can't just listen on Twitter. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. So, um, but I think sports can do 
obviously there's going to be you know the, the NFL too, and I think I think baseball can step up a little bit more to be honest. Um, I, and I'm not saying that that means everybody's got to kneel at the anthem or anything like that, but we've got I mean baseball's got Jackie Robinson. They've got a history with the Negro Leagues and uh, Latinos, Roberto Clemente, you know, and and all the different pioneers. Uh, of diversity in baseball, there's only like two managers in baseball who are not white, and there's only a couple people in the front office who are not white, and the players are dwindling as far as the numbers of black players, African American players, and they're trying to, you know, re-energize baseball in different areas. And in the inner city, they have an RBI program, uh, re- uh, reviving baseball in the inner city, RBI, and that's worked a lot. Um, but I still feel like there's not enough people like Curtis Granderson who are actually out there talking about it, having the conversations in communities, being public about it, and actually being in their community about it, not just saying it on social media. Um, I think that once the virus cools down, I think that's going to be one of the most important steps is for people to actually have these conversations in person, not on the phone or through social media or, or webinars or whatever, because it's very different. Uh, conversations take on a very different vibe when you're there. Um, and I think that's going to be important. But hopefully that will be, uh, hopefully sports will continue to be a driving force in equality and, um, you know, and we will finally get to the place that where we can, where we have won, but we are a long way from winning. And uh, you know, we just we all need to be aware of that. And like I said, that was my biggest my biggest downfall through the whole situation is that I I got a, either a false sense of hope or a false sense of accomplishment of our country. And I think everybody did. And just that, like I said, just that ease up for a couple of minutes, seemed for a hot minute there, just it really pushed us back. Um, and uh, hopefully now we're pushing forward. So, yeah. you have any final thoughts, Bo? Yeah, I would encourage everybody, um, you know, who's interested in this. I mean, well, I think everybody should be interested in this. But uh, there's two things I've seen that were really, really, like, eye-opening and then, like, very good about just, you know, starting a discussion and, like, you know, like, valuable discussion. Uh, the first thing is uh, the TV show uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. They did, it's on HBO, but they did a, a full episode dedicated to just the police uh, in this country. And it's about 30 minutes, and it's on YouTube. Uh, just look up Last Week Tonight, John Oliver, police on YouTube, you'll find it. But that, like, it really made me realize it's not just a few bad apples causing these issues. It's systemic. It really is. It, it, it's a systematic problem that needs to be fixed. And I, I really encourage everyone to go watch that. And then also... Um, the comedian, my favorite comedian, Dave Chappelle, uh, had this special on YouTube called 846. Um, just look that up, Dave Chappelle 846. Um, For sure. And he, it's not the funniest thing he's ever done, but it's serious. And, um, you know, I think he had some really good things to say about it. And I always, I always look to him, you know, his two, his first two specials that came out, in the early 2000s, you know, they talk about these issues. They're, they're as relevant as they were back then as they are today. And that's sad to me <laughs> that, like, you could take what he talks about and those, you know, and then, like, you look at what he just did in 2020, and it's like, wow, he's saying the same thing. And he even kind of acknowledges that, that he's like, I've been saying this for a long time, and it's like, he has. Right. So, we have, and our people yeah. in our country have been. That's, I mean, I was watching a ESPN 30 for 30 on an Australian rules football player who was aboriginal, um, not white, in Australia, and you know the he kind of, it was it kind of completely mirrored what Kaepernick did as far as you know he did like a uh, an aboriginal war dance after scoring uh, as 
touchdown dance, basically. And, you know, he got ripped apart for it the same way that Kaepernick did for what? For kneeling. And it became this huge uh, racial issue for Native, you know, Aboriginal Australians versus white Australians. And it wasn't always versus each other, but, like, it brought that out. And, and, and my wife looked up. She was reading while I was watching, and she looked up, and she said, when is this? Like, because she thought it was happening now, you know, because it sounds exactly like what's going on. And it was a few years ago, and I, you can, you know, you can read so many parallels into Jackie Robinson's story and, you know, Roberto Clemente's story and, you know, uh, even Bill Russell's story, Muhammad Ali's story. And I think that that's fascinating but horrifying at the same time that there's still so many you know of those of those parallels and 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 it is interesting as far as like the the police now that's not saying there aren't amazing heroes in our police force there are but but there are so many problems systemically like you said mm-hmm. that um and it and it's worse in inner cities because the the racial divide in inner cities is different you know mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate and it's and it just and, and, but everything gives like I still can't believe some of the stuff police did like I can't believe it in general because it's horrifying but I can't believe it also in the secondarily that th- this has been an issue for for years and years and years in this country that keeps coming more to light more to light more to light why are we sh- why are we shooting first and I'm not asking questions first like why does this keep like like if I'm like if I'm a police officer. And I need to, uh, and there's a suspect that I am in pursuit of or something like that who is African-American. Isn't the first thing in your head going to be, all right, now how can I not screw this up and make this a a race thing, right? Because it has been so often, the last few years especially, with high-profile cases of this. Like, you'd think that, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, to me, that's that's, that's the part I don't get on top of the fact that it's already bad. But, like, oh, it's just, what was just, everybody's... And police officers themselves are like, this, like most police officers are like, you guys are making us look horrible, mm-hmm. and 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 we and we've known this has happened, and then and then they still go in and make mistakes like this, or vicious mistakes like this, and or intentional things like this, and it just it just that's just even from a logical standpoint, not the fact that it shouldn't be happening in general to anyone who is unarmed or you know just a suspect or someone being not violent. I mean. You had the guy being choked out in New York City a few years ago. You've got people going into the wrong homes and shooting first. It just doesn't make any sense for so many reasons, not just the the first reason is that, well, that's not right. (laughs) The second reason is because while that's horrible, it doesn't make any sense because, you know, that, you know, that's that's systematic racism. And the third one is like it just is out of it seems like stupidity for not realizing how big of a ripple effect this could have in the country and how how you're showing how you're making your other officers look mm-hmm. it's it's just unbelievable so yeah yeah everybody check those out and you know there i mean there it's an easy you want to you know look for organizations too there's an easy google search for uh black Lives matter charity and it will get you some links to find you some resources as far as who's who's you know doing things educationally who's who's giving money to groups in the inner cities who's you know there's a whole different different waves of, of places to go so uh, there's there are resources out there and yeah we uh, we, we got to really keep this going and keep the keep us turning the corner here because we can't afford as a country
four years ago with the anthem have us drop back to that. We've come too far now, even just within the last couple of months, to let it drop off. We got to keep going forward. So, I agree. Um, so, yeah, and hopefully, having baseball and other sports out there will just help in general. But I mean, the more sports that are out there actually playing, the bigger the platform is for the athletes. You know, people will be watching sports once they come back. So that is when athletes need to help speak out. So hopefully, that will continue to happen. So. All right. Well, everyone stay safe and uh, stay safe, healthy, and open-minded. And uh, we will be back uh, next week to talk more sports and dive into this return to sports and what that's going to look like. So for Bo, I'm Dan. Have a great week. <laughs>